Hey powerful professionals, welcome to Issues in Black and White, where we discuss key values and social issues. Today we're going to be talking about growth, uh, which is the process of developing an ability, skill, value or mindset over time. Mm. Growth. Wow. Mm, growth. I want to be a bit meta oh, yeah, this on. time. And I want us to talk a little bit about the growth of our podcast. Nice. And our like yes. social media interaction. Great link, seamless. Yeah, <laughs> you like that? <laughs> um, just thinking about, especially now that we're on our final episode for season one, just thinking about where we were in that introduction yeah. episode. And, and, like, and even before that, like when yeah. we first had the idea in the middle of lockdown. Literally. Yeah. Socially distanced. Yeah. And now it's like, we have 100 followers Woo. on Instagram. <laughs> Our Twitter engagement is increasing. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I've been getting such great Amazing. positive yeah, feedback from others yeah. um, that have been listening to our podcast so i'm so grateful to all the people that texted me and saying and just the people that are listening like, yeah it's really touching actually yeah absolutely and even if they don't give me a review sometimes they'll just message and be like oh i'm about to mm. listen to boldness or whatever episode they're about to listen to and i just think wow like this literally started off as a really small idea and mm. now it's a real thing with series and listeners listeners <laughs> audience it's amazing and I, I don't take it for granted actually I no. feel like it is something that we do and we should continue to um yeah think carefully about yeah. and plan for and yeah, work definitely. on yeah you know we will absolutely yeah. it's our it's our natural mode <laughs> exactly but anyway just wanted to yeah take a moment to celebrate that yeah 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 well done laugh well done laugh thanks <laughs> you're okay. listening to issues in black and white okay so growth personal growth let's go what do you think personal growth uh do you know what i've got two things to say about personal growth mm. two sides of one coin some days i love it yeah. i'm all about personal growth i love learning i love reading i love new experiences being out of my comfort zone, all those things that help you grow, those things excite me, they get me buzzing, they get me out of bed. And then other days I'm like, oh, do I really need to grow again today? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and I actually posted about this on our social media. Like, I think sometimes you, I think you have to recognise when you just need a bit of time not to grow. Interesting. Um, but obviously your mode should usually be growth. Growth. Mm. yeah well I mean you, so you strike me as someone who <laughs> li literally my vision of you when you're alone is like just constantly <laughs> absorbing things that are making you grow as a person mm. like also like you've got so many books and I, I my vision of you is that you just like read a chapter and then you're like oh actually I'll read a chapter of this one <laughs> and then oh actually I'll read a chapter of this one and so every, you're just constantly kind of engaging your brain with so many different amazing things that you're just constantly growing as a person is that right? Have I got the right, right shout there? I think you've exaggerated, okay. definitely. <laughs> I think you've exaggerated for sure. But I think um, my character is, mm. I love growth. That word excites me. Oh, it's 
great. In the same way that discipline does, actually. This is why I like being your friend. Yeah. You, you make me. Yeah. No, you make me want to grow more, which mm. is great. Like you get me excited about it. Yeah. Okay, growth on, is growth is. Yeah. <laughs> growth is is such a powerful word, and it for me, there's two ways you can grow, right? Growing in stature. So that happens whether you like it or not. Well, and I think physically. Yeah, right, physical yeah. growth. And I think the reason why I bring that up is because of aging and how it's shown me the importance of health mm-hmm. and caring for your health. Um, which I think as a younger person, I kind of took for granted mm. actually. And any kind of interest I had in exercise was more about how I appeared yeah. and how I looked. And I think my mindset on health has grown for me even to think about actually exercise and eating well being about for you for me and and how I feel mentally um and physically and how I will feel Mm. eventually when I'm older and my body is just getting a bit tired you know so I see growth in in that respect but the the kind of aspect of growth that excites me the most is growing in wisdom it's growing in knowledge that is life yeah yeah and you're absolutely right it is about reading for me I think that's the way I approach it reading and reflection um and then trying to be as consistent as I can be Mm. I don't always get it right and I think that point you make about rest and not wanting to grow is actually what growth is it's saying and being aware of yourself and knowing okay it's time for me to step back um and stop adding I guess if you think about it in in like a plant yeah. term stop adding more fertilizer and more food and actually just allow whatever nutrients are there to, soak to really in. soak in yeah. and develop um and I think that's something that um I just wanted to raise in terms of my desire to grow sometimes and not being aware of the season that I'm in has sometimes meant that I've stunted my growth Mm. because I also love change. And I think sometimes change stunts growth. So I think one thing that you do, and I I admire so much in you, is your ability to stick with one thing and just continue on and on and on. Um, And I think you've done that with your jobs. You know, Mm. the fact that you've stuck with one place and you've grown in that place and yes there's been aspects of change but within one setting one plant pot um not that you haven't worked in more than one school but just to make the point that actually you've been in one plant pot and Mm. you've allowed growth to happen in that one plant pot and I think that because I'm still trying to discover myself and so forth I think sometimes I have stunted that growth by moving what was once you know really deep roots into maybe a smaller pot or a much larger pot and not feeling like I'm ever going to grow which is what I feel right now as a PhD student I feel like I've taken what was quite deep roots in teaching uprooted that and placed that into this sprawling pot of research that I (laughs) almost can't see the end of at the moment um but you will fill that pot and actually you know I mean I, I think I agree I, I value the way I've, I've done it and I also value the way you do it and I think the results I'm trying to come up with the stick to your analogy of the plant pots but I think the results will be different but potentially just as fruitful growth and fruitful yeah so you know my plant pot might be 
a really good version of that terracotta plant pot. Yeah. But yours might be this beautiful mosaic yeah. of all different types of types plant pots, of, and yeah. they're both super valuable. And and I, you know, I don't, I know what you mean about jumping can stunt, but I, I don't know. I don't think that's true because I think you, ne- you're never, you're not losing, you never lose the roots no, that you pull up. You just get to add not. to them. Yes. So I think that's important. Yeah. Remember. You're listening to issues in black and white. That, um, during that time of growing yeah making reflections and making decisions you will just sometimes question some of those decisions yeah. but you just have to keep growing Absolutely. you have to keep going and actually forward. i think that's something that that can stunt growth is questioning your motivations your one's motivations one's um reflections like over reflecting i think can be a bad thing yes i agree <laughs> <laughs> not pointing any fingers yeah anywhere yes yes i feel all the fingers being pointed at me right now and yes lara you're absolutely right over reflection can be crippling but it is also a brilliant tool it's good it's a good tool to have and i think i will forever endorse it no matter what however i am aware that overthinking over reflecting (laughs) yes i'm feeling really attacked right now No, you, I do really value you. Yeah. Whatever I say now, I'm just digging a hole, isn't it? But it's, it is, I I just think that um, being kind to yourself during mm. that growing process, That's you know, thing, yeah. and what does that mean? Just like, stopping when you need to. Yes. It, that includes stop asking yourself questions yeah, as well. And, just, and I think that goes back to your, what you said about, you know, giving it time to grow. And it makes me think of like a growing child or a growing puppy. Yeah. Like, you know, they learn loads in a very short space of time. They experience the world really quickly and then they have to sleep for yes. so long. Yeah. To kind of, and that's when, you know, and I hear my puppy dreaming and that's her processing mm. what she's experienced that day. Mm. And I think that's um, an important part of growth. Yeah. Is that still, still part, that yeah. still moment. And, but... I think there's a, a stillness where you're growing and a stillness where you stopped growing. I agree. But before we move on to the stillness where you stopped growing, I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, trainee teachers. Yeah. Because during the PGCE year, they do take in so much. Mm. And I think I just want to make the point that the NQT year is that sleeping moment. Yeah. And what does that mean? It's processing all the things that you've taken from a PGCE and actually applying it to, if especially if you've gone into a new context, um, and trying to action it and refine it as best as you can mm. to create a really good toolbox yeah. for you to continue growing later on. I yeah. think rushing to grow too much during your NQT year actually leads to um, a faulty foundation mm-hmm. um, to kind of build on as you continue in your in your profession. So I would say that is a great analogy for trainee teachers. See your PGCE year as the reading and the information gathering and so forth. And see your NQT year as a moment to stop and go back through what you've gathered and apply it mm. to your daily um, experiences and refine it according to the context that you're in. I totally agree. And I, my own personal experience of that is that I try to grow far too quickly mm. as a trainee teacher and then as an NQT and, and as an NQT plus one. I just had the rocket fuel and I just wanted to progress. I wanted to get to certain places. I was like the epitome of that young, annoying, ambitious person. Um, and then I learned that I needed to take stock and do all the things you just said and I learned them a little bit later and that and then I did stop I lost that 
over ambitious drive to go 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 and I recognize the value in staying and learning and processing um and I learned so much in that in that period yeah I'm in that period now still I, I'm yeah. learning so much about my craft about the leadership about all sorts of things by not constantly looking for the next thing. exactly um I think that is very important and if we liken um positions this is the issue isn't it with growth is that sometimes yes. we associate um growth with the position mm. that you're in and I think my faith has helped me and reading a lot of leadership books on leadership helped me to understand that your position's got very little to do with your growth mm. very little yeah it's what you do in that position yeah. that actually is um contributing yeah. to your growth and so for me it was actually quite funny because I had an experience when I did make the shift from one school to another that the um someone in leadership had said to me why are you leaving and and going there because you're going across you're not going up yeah and I had an opportunity to go up um significantly up yeah. I'm talking being a member of SLT in as my second role in my fourth year of teaching yeah. and I refused that position to go across and rather that's why than you're up. so wise no. She, she's so, so wise but yeah, you are. that's one of the one of the examples of you being wise yeah well it, it worked out in the end I feel for me not going up and going across yeah. is because I think that there were still skills and I knew that there were still skills that I needed to develop in order for if the opportunity for me to go up were to come again I would feel more prepared mm -hmm. to do a better job yeah. in that place um yeah so I think this comes from this equating growth with position and the next thing, mm. it, it, it rooted in school because Interesting. the progression through school, the, our growth as people yeah. from 11, maybe even younger actually, upwards, is rooted in whether or not we're getting better at grades than we were before. Yeah. Are we improving? Mm. Are we making progress? Mm. How much progress are you making? That's yeah. all we tell our students. And actually, as some teachers, teachers some tell people, us, tell that's us all students. the rhetoric of education yes. in modern Britain. Agreed. Tells its students. Yes. And, you know, and I, I know that there are lots of teachers, the majority of teachers that, that have that don't value that above all else. But mm. maybe we do need to make sure I maybe I need to make sure I'm more aware of that mm. when I'm teaching individual students and whole classes of students. And actually, you know, how can we as teachers instill that sense of growing for growth's purpose, yes. learning for learning's purpose. Yes. How can we continue to instill that? Yeah. Even when what we have to talk about often is exams. Yeah. I think it's it's funny that thing about often talking about exams and, and you're right. I think that um grades are important mm. because it gives you access to right. particular places okay Absolutely. so it's about being honest about the role that that particular thing plays however it doesn't necessarily have to be the motivation I think that when you make enjoyment the motivation or consistency or a specific mm. skill that you're trying to develop this is what I'm saying I would say to my students um then the the, the grades come as a totally, result, yeah, I think making grades the motivation mm. is actually what stops them from coming. Yeah, and I think we've got a real responsibility as mentors. Obviously, yeah. you're a PGC tutor, and I mentor 
PC students within my school context. Yeah. I think we absolutely have to make sure we're teaching trainee teachers how to how to communicate motivation to students yes. beyond exams. Yes. I think that's that's actually really hard. And I think that comes with experience and that comes from knowing young people. Yeah. Which obviously you, you learn that the longer you're in schools. Yeah. Um so I mean some of the things I do for example are I t- I, t- I do I talk about the love of what we're doing so mm-hmm. analysis for example c- core key skill in English yeah I talk about how we're constant we are constantly analyzers of the world yeah I'm just asking you to apply that to a text yeah. or to a piece of writing like yeah. you know you need to be able to analyze because you need to be able to work out you know if this tv villain is going to murder the the poor young woman on the on your soap opera that yeah. you watch and you need to be able to you know all these different things and that they do they're doing constantly analysis we're doing always doing as individuals constantly mm-hmm. in the world to make sense of the world around us and that is i think farm that's just an example that's far more motivating than saying we're doing analysis because when you get to your gcse you're gonna need to <laughs> and i have heard teachers say that yeah you know, i have heard teachers justify why mm. we're doing something because it's a core skill core of GCC. Skill and I've heard them say that to your seven students, you know. Interesting. Yeah. I think we should avoid doing that, guys, yeah. just to know. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely avoid avoid doing that. I think the other thing that I've found to be really important for growth in that respect, you know, when you're talking about how they see analysis in the world, is actually modelling mm. how I feel about that process of analysis. Mm. You know, modelling that feeling that excitement yeah, yeah. about it I feel has also helped the students to engage with it more and then the grades come as yeah. a result yeah. and I think that comes from um when we as teachers have our subject knowledge at a place where we are always discovering as well I remember teaching Romeo and Juliet I mean I taught Romeo and Juliet every year mm-hmm. of my teaching and I found a new thing every single time. And I shared that new interpretation with the new year group. Yeah. I wish I was able to share this with the year before. Yeah, 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 Look yeah. at this. Yeah. They then see interpreting a text is not a static yeah. process. So it you've modelled a... your growth. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, totally. And so I think that's another powerful thing, which, of course, trainee teachers and beginning teachers will get to do as time goes yes, on absolutely. but being honest about the moments where you've learned yeah is so, so empowering and that comes down to not just in teaching but as professionals as people in in the workplace like you have to be open to growing yes and be reflecting on what growing you're doing and that's what i love about teaching as a career is that it's so, we are taught that's literally what we're taught as a pgce student alongside the subject knowledge or whatever um we're taught how to reflect yes you know we're taught how to plan a lesson and then we're taught just as much how do you reflect on that lesson you've planned and I think that's so important and I'm not sure I'd love to know I'm not sure that that is taught in the same way in other careers Mm. possibly in medicine I don't I don't know I'd love to know different people in different careers whether that's ever really spoken about like Mm. how do you reflect on your own practice your own decision making on your own conversations on your own leadership style like where do you get that space do you have to carve that for yourself are you given it yeah and I think in teaching we're very lucky we're very fortunate that we are often given that time yeah um through CPD and that sort of thing professional development to think about Mm. those things yeah I think that's really important you're listening to issues in black and white and I and I I just want to go back again to your point about um when growth can be stunted yes and when you can become a bit too comfortable, yeah, and then end up not growing at all. Comfortable is bad. Comfortable is bad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the sound. Comfortable. Comfortable bad. is bad. 
And um, just that point that you made about teaching us being really fortunate to reflect, there are instances where teachers, leaders don't. Uh huh. Talk to me about that. What do you mean? You, this isn't pointed at me doing that. No, oh, of okay, course not. <laughs> Give oh my an example of where you've been too comfortable. No, no, yeah, I agree. I mean, that people are—it's that's dangerous, and I—that's dangerous. And mm. I, my experiences in schools, mm. various different schools, are that if the leadership don't constantly ask questions of themselves, of others, and reflect on their actions mm. and each other's actions, the whole school suffers interesting a culture of a culture of a lack of reflection lack of growth and therefore a lack of ambition for students Mm. for staff etc just culminates continues yeah Yeah. it's interesting do you agree i do i think that you see that the the issue is the school suffers Mm. but as long as individual teachers are still doing it True. They but, don't. But I think that, I don't know. I, th- I know what you mean, but I think it stifles individual teachers to do it. I think it's yeah. still possible to do it. Yes. But it becomes a lot harder as an individual teacher. I think I think workplaces should provide especially mm. young professionals the space. In fact, you no, know, all professionals, the space and the time um and the culture to reflect without judgment. Um and actually, you know, one of the things that I think teaching has has finally got right is to get rid of uh, if you work in a school where this is not got rid of go and talk to the boss yeah but to have got rid of individual grading of lessons right don't do it anymore no so schools shouldn't be doing it anymore that yes. whole outstanding good etc yeah it shouldn't be happening because if you are going to be observed teaching which which we should be because you know i think it opens up a good conversation that's what it should be it should be a conversation yes what did you learn what were your thoughts on the fact that you had someone else in the room how did it change things what, what are you doing with this class where are they going where have they been yeah. what are your thoughts on them let's just let's have some space let's carve out some space in our busy busy time to talk about your practice and coach and coach yeah um and that i mean let coaching what a valuable tool for absolutely. growth absolutely what an amazing i can't wait to learn how to coach better yeah i've been being coached this year by some by a middle leader yeah who's been head of history for years and years and yeah. she's really i've learned so much yeah and basically we just sit in a room she lets me talk yeah it's great absolutely i learned so much from just talking yeah and that process of coaching i've really tried to invest time in receiving coaching mm. at every single workplace i've ever worked at and i'm receiving it now and like you say it's so, so empowering and actually that is a big bit of advice isn't it find someone who helps you grow and limp it them and who's willing to do that and do not be afraid to say will you coach me will you be an informal mentor to me are you happy for me to come to you with any questions i've got absolutely um, or with any issues i might have uh, so you can help me work out the best route through do not be afraid to do that because i know that there are lots and lots of people in lots of different workplaces that would be really willing to do that and and pick them carefully Mm. watch them and pick them carefully yeah. and be aware of what it is that you honour in them yeah. and what it is you respect in them mm-hmm. um, and maybe use that as a way to... Weigh in. Yeah, yeah. In, to to address why you would like them yeah. and why they are special for that process, um, that coaching process for your life as mm-hmm. well and your career. Um, I think one thing that schools get wrong mm-hmm. is carving out space for teachers to grow in knowledge. 
I think there's a lot of space for teachers to grow in reflection and practice and and in practice but not necessarily do you mean in in knowledge knowledge of of the craft or knowledge of the things we're teaching both yeah and I think not just knowledge of the things we're teaching but knowledge of the things that you could teach Uh I think that now that there's a lot of discussion about how do we get ethnic diversity on the curriculum the next question is always or often where will we have the time to read and do the deep learning of the text that we didn't learn yeah. when we were at school, at university, training, and even in the 20 years that we've been teachers that we need to put in now? And I think that's something, actually, I think leaders should think about, yeah. you know, that may be listening to this now, that how do you carve out time um, for growing in knowledge um, in terms of the content of what to teach And how do you carve out time for members of staff from different departments to share the knowledge Mm. that they have with one another to cut that learning time down? And in terms of the knowledge of the profession itself, and that's kind of going into pedagogy, isn't it, really, or any kind of behaviour management knowledge and so forth, I think sometimes that happens through CPD. But again, um, teachers as researchers... Um, as well as le- learners is really really important um, but I think that I kind of ascribe to that view because of my own personal approach mm-hmm. to um, learning I will say though that um, you don't need to do a master's to be a researcher no, so and you don't need to do a master's to be a learner you definitely um, need to think about what your career trajectory is before you make that decision. Otherwise, what you end up doing is spending a lot of money Mm. to be a teacher (laughs) because you would have been a good teacher had you just continued reflecting anyway. And I suppose the thing that the Masters provides is the space to, and the time to focus on improving your pedagogy and your learning and that sort of thing. But only one aspect, right? But only one aspect, yeah. And I think, I completely agree. I think, you know, you can carve out your own time. And I mean, God, Twitter's a a brilliant source of, of teacher... Um, expertise yeah um, but don't pick up everything you get from no you have to learn to be um what's the word discerning discerning, about the knowledge yeah Yeah. absolutely about what you do and don't agree with and engage with and and actually in a way that can help you with your growth as well Mm. because um you learn to um, you learn to work out what you where you stand as a practitioner yeah and what you believe in and what you focus on you're listening to issues in black and white just before we finish talking about knowledge and teachers learning gaining knowledge of we're English teachers and you mentioned it earlier Christmas Carol Mm. that is a book about growth right personal growth (laughs) yeah Scrooge yeah goes from an evil cantankerous old man to Mm. a loving altruistic Mm. old man See? You can't change that. Can't grow. You can't, you can't change, change that. the way you... <laughs> That's it. That growing is happening whether you like it or not. Yes, absolutely. But, I mean, does he grow? Does he grow? Does he really grow as a person? I think we don't get to see his growth. I think we get to see him change. But we don't get to see his growth. Yeah. And what do I mean by that? Um, we are given, especially in the first stage, which is so, so long, so many examples in detail, Mm. fine detail, about how he interacted with different members of his community um, in relation to charity charity. and love. Um, But we aren't offered that same depth. It's done in a paragraph. Absolutely. And I think 
so we aren't actually afforded the privilege of seeing his growth the way that maybe we want to and i think that's i mean i think that's what good maybe this is the problem with books oh my god that the, the, they get to an ending and mm. they tie off and you never see your protagonist beyond that mm. that tie off yeah and obviously in a book about growth and redemption the tie off is we learn that he's changed yeah. we learn that he's redeemed so actually we don't dickens doesn't need to show us his change because it's enough to show us that he's changed yeah so it's kind of like wasted words but that's a shame yeah because what you're not then offering the reader is that chance to experience the fruits of going back to your analogy at the beginning the yeah. fruits of that growth that growth properly. and also wow, just... i think that i struggled with how influential fear was mm. to his change nice. because for me I believe growth needs to be an enjoyable process and it needs to be one that is active mm. and not imposed and I feel like there were moments significant moments actually oh, the whole thing's yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> I think that the things that Scrooge turned his mind to to reflect on at those like moments of realization yeah. like, were important. Yeah. So you know when he sees his sister and he realizes, oh no, I could have been kinder yeah. to Fred. But actually, a lot of that was imposed yeah. and and came from fear. Yeah. And I I want to say that actually, when you spoke about um, observations and b- making those outstanding lessons, that is rooted in fear. Yeah in a way that coaching actually allows for that collaborative, enjoyable experience, which for me, I think is is the most powerful. And that's why doing things like Issues in Black and White is so important and enjoyable for me, Mm -hmm. because it's a hobby. We are growing. But we are growing through this hobby. Exactly. Hugely. Like we're we're learning from each other. This 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 yeah. fun. Yeah. So that's the end of season one. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us. We hope you enjoyed this episode, Powerful Professionals. Send us your thoughts on Twitter or Instagram. That's at issues in B and W. We look forward to continuing the discussion. Please rate and review us on Apple and Google Podcasts and keep sharing our podcast with family and friends. See you soon. Bye. Don't worry, everyone. We'll be back for season two on the 20th of September at 9am.